what's going on? You're listening to Pick 6 from the 6, the nickname we uh, give Toronto, which is kind of getting annoying at this point. Sorry if you're going to take offense to that, Crosby. Jeff Wall, he is not here with us today. He's sick or something stupid. What a dumb excuse. But one team that can't give any excuses, the Washington Redskins. Maybe an injury is an excuse, David, but they looked terrible in that 31-15 loss. Man, didn't they? And it, it just was that much worse seeing all these other teams succeed with guys filling in and guys injured. And like you said, this Washington team, they have no excuse. And to me, it boils down to a simple question. Are you going to fire Jay, Jay Gruden or are you going to change your quarterback? Because they need to make huge changes here in the nation's capital. Yeah, it was really ugly last night. Case Keenum and, you know, all the love to him because what he did in Minnesota and he made me cry tears of joy for that Minneapolis miracle, but no miracles last night. He was bad. He was really, really bad. Five turnovers, sacked four times, a QBR of 18.3. That is ugly. With someone who looked pretty good, though, Mitch or Mitchell Trubisky, whatever you want to call him, the quarterback for the Bears who was really bad in the first two weeks, he looked great last night. Yeah, he did, and that was really interesting to me to uh, you know see the difference in these two guys. Coming into the game, I would have thought that Trubisky would have been outplayed. Uh, he mentioned he really enjoyed playing at a faster play- pace, and it clearly seemed to work for them. It'll be interesting to see if they can play at that pace for the rest of the season. Obviously, he's a young guy. He can move outside the pocket. I think it's a good strategy for that team, especially with the great defense they have. They can tire out the other team's defense pretty quickly. And usually when you think about the Redskins, you think about how bad they are, but you kind of talk about their defensive line. They have a really good front seven, but it's been this receiver for them, Terry McLaurin, who is putting together some pretty solid games in here. And this was kind of a weakness for this team. We thought Terry Skyce was going to come in and be a stud. Adrian Peterson, obviously he's up there in age. That's a reliable backup for you, but he's been really good, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I was lucky enough to pick him up after week one, and he's kept that touchdown streak going. What I couldn't understand is why Gruden didn't go to him earlier. Obviously, I think it was 28 nothing there at one point, and, you know, Terry gets a uh, touchdown there in the third quarter. I think he ended up with eight uh, receptions, or maybe eight targets, excuse me, six receptions, he's way underused. Like, that is clearly your number one receiver, and it's a gift because they drafted him as more of a special teams guy. Give Keenum a chance at least to stay on the field and throw him double-digit targets. Someone who's extremely underused is David Montgomery. Love this guy coming out of Iowa State. I thought he was the best running back in the draft class. And Matt Nagy, once again, 13 carries for 67 yards. Over five yards a carry. That's what Montgomery get got last night. And Nagy's just not giving him enough touches. He gave three Cohen four carries for minus two yards. Come on, man. Get him the ball. That's the one thing that just drives me nuts about this Bears team. I think they could be like way over the edge. They are Super Bowl contenders. That's how good this defense is. It's Is Mitchell Trubisky going to make that jump? Well, you know, amongst these young quarterbacks, which we'll get to later in the show. But this is a huge part of this team. They have some weapons on offense. He is the key weapon. Something about Washington, too, and you talked about the quarterback change. Is it going to be in that bye week when uh, Haskins takes over the job? 
I guess it depends how loud the uh, crowd is going to chant because they were absolutely begging for Haskins to get in. Not that it would have made any difference in yesterday's game, but I think if they lose one, especially if they start the season 0-5, I think you have to change your quarterback. I don't mind Gruden sticking with his guy and giving him a little bit of confidence saying we're not going to change the quarterback, but he better make the right decision or he's going to get fired. I'm trying to think right now. I think... There is no hotter mess in football than the Washington Redskins. First of all, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. The whole uh, team, like the name of the team, that that's an argument in itself. And I, I don't really want to go down that path because we know it, it probably is an issue. But I think there's so many mistakes with, you know, big contracts. Albert Hainsworth, one of the worst ones ever. This team plays miles and miles away from Washington, D.C. No one goes to the games. It has, it's the worst field in football. If you talk about players concerned about playing on that field because of, you know, ACL injuries and Achilles injuries, it's right there at FedEx Field or whatever the hell they call it now. If there's one team, I would be fine sending across to London to start a new team. It's the Washington Redskins. Or how about up to the Great White North at the 6? No, just kidding. That didn't work for the uh, Buffalo Bills a few years ago. Uh, But in all seriousness, I'm right with you. I was going to say the Miami Dolphins. But at least they have a little bit of hope for the future, right? They have a lot of uh, great picks coming up. And that's what I think Washington needs to pivot their focus to here. Because I think they do have a lot of good pieces. Not as good as Miami had. But you spoke about injuries. Trent Williams, he hasn't played a single snap for this team yet. He's one of the best left tackles in the game. And if you're talking about someone who would have some draft capital value, oh God, yeah. it would be unbelievable the haul that they could get back for him. And earlier this week, obviously, uh, he talked to, to Booger McFarland and said, basically, I don't trust this medical staff. They're not looking out for my best interest. I am not going to come back to play for this team wow. because you know I don't have the guaranteed money in my contract. They should move this guy. They should move Case Keenum or just put him to the backup slot. Obviously, you mentioned Adrian Peterson. No, he's not a hot name, but he could get you a low draft pick. I think they need to focus on the rebuild. Like you said, they've got Scary Terry. They have a pretty good defensive line, and they need to start somewhere. And obviously, this is not a good enough team to go anywhere this year. One team that was the hottest mess for decades, it almost seems, was the Cleveland Browns. And this is probably the most hyped team this season. Just, you know, Odell, Baker, Jarvis, Nick Chubb. They look bad. They look really, really bad. And I think it starts with Freddie Kitchens. Do you agree? Yes, totally. And it was interesting to hear him say he is not giving up those play-calling duties. No chance about that happening. Boy, this is scary. I mean, you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think in week one, that maybe this was a sophomore slump for Baker Mayfield. At a certain point, when you look at the talent that he has around him, that can't be your excuse anymore. And I think the book is out on this guy. He likes to escape the pocket, always to his right, and he doesn't hang in the pocket long enough. I mean, I still have faith in Baker. I think his arm is great. I think he still sees the field really well, but he's definitely got happy feet. And let's go back to the Redskins for a minute. If any team could use a left tackle it would be Cleveland. And I think they'd be willing to give up some serious capital to improve that line. If this team is going to work, it's going to be built around Baker. Give the guy some protection because he's running for his life. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me why all these coaches want to call their own plays. Look at Bill Belichick. 
that offense has been, you know, unbelievable for years now. And it's not Bill calling, like, calling the plays. I think what is the bigger duty is he's calling the defense right now, isn't he? And <laughs> this is one of the scariest teams I've ever seen, this Pats team. Just touch on it quickly, and then we'll get back to Cleveland. But wow. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, arguably maybe the best defense Bill Belichick has had. But, I mean, that says it all. If Bill doesn't need to call his own plays, I don't think coaches need to be quite so set. You know, it's funny. It's it's almost like a power struggle. If you're if you're not calling plays, maybe you feel like you're giving up too much power to someone else. And you've seen it with Mike Zimmer in in Minnesota. It's really really important that the head coach what he wants from his offense is carried through by his offensive coordinator. But that doesn't mean that you have to call your pl- the plays yourself. You yeah. hire somebody who has a similar offensive vision to you, and that lets you focus on everything else in the game. I think Kitchens has too much on his plate right now. I'm with you. And I think what works best for Baker, and maybe it's a little different from Oklahoma because he had you know Hollywood Brown and he had a really good offensive line, and you're playing against Big 12 defense, which is just terrible and always has been. The RPO is so good for him. Chris Collins was talked on that a, a ton. When he drops back, it's bad. But, you know, just holding it out there and Odell on the slant, wired in there, and it worked almost, I think he was 11 for 12 at one point in over 120 or 30 yards. It's, that's what they have to stick to. And I think they're fine doing that. You have Nick Chubb. You're going to have Kareem Hunt coming back. You have really quick receivers with great hands. It, he's not going to have enough time to do these huge rollouts and, you know, just be able to wire it down the field there because that line is so bad. If, you know, just putting it into consideration and just with adding the numbers, he's completed under 60% of his throws. He's second in the NFL in interceptions, tied fourth in sacks taken with 11. His quarterback rating is better than only three players. Can you guess those players? This is going to get really sad, isn't it? I, I, bad. Eli Manning, Jameis Winston. It, it's worse than that. I'm telling you. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. That would be my three. Rosen, Fitzpatrick, and Big Ben. Bad. That's how bad he's been. It, it doesn't get any easier for Cleveland. Next four games, Ravens, Niners, Seahawks, Pats. That's ugly. I mean, that's pretty much a guaranteed loss to the Ravens, too. I hate to say it. I think even if Cleveland plays their best game of the season right now, that's not going to be enough to defeat Baltimore. I was just going to say they've gotten super lucky that their division isn't better than it is this year. Obviously, the Ravens might be the third best, maybe fourth best team in the AFC, but they got super lucky with Pittsburgh, obviously not a threat whatsoever. I'm not ready to give up on this Cleveland team, but they don't have a lot of time to fix their issues. I was going to say, put in the safe, throw away the key. I think if they don't go two and two in this four-game stretch against, you know, Ravens and two undefeated teams, and still a Seahawks team, which is pretty good, I think their season's done. So let me let me ask you then, because obviously, you know, you said this Cleveland franchise has been a disaster, and their coaching turnover, and their obviously has been yeah. insane uh, in that city. But you know, they held on to their last coach Hugh Jackson a little too long. What do you think the next step for this team would be? Can they strip Kitchens of his play calling duty and keep him as head coach? I think so, and I think the reason for that is because the reason they loved him so much and John Dorsey wanted him as a coach is because of the culture he brings, and clearly he's respected in that locker room. Hugh Jackson is a bum. Hugh Jackson didn't deserve to come back. What was his record? 1-31? 
Are you kidding me? How do, how do you say, yeah, we'll bring him on back, even though we have the worst roster in football. We're, you know, we're tanking, clearly. Sort of what Brian Flores is doing, but if, if Flores, you know, if they go 1-31, he's gone. That's just, that's, it's as simple as that. And just Everything Hugh Jackson did didn't make sense. First of all, you should have been starting with Baker right off the bat, even though we've, we're talking about his struggles right now. Tyrod Taylor wasn't the answer. And look what he finished, 7-8-1 because of Baker. Once you've gone, whoop, they started rolling. But I think that's the key thing is you got to keep Kitchens there, but you got to call in a decent OC to you know get these plays rocking and rolling. Hey, if I'm John Dorsey, he's not afraid to make some moves. Maybe make a, uh, a call to Oklahoma and get Lincoln Riley up there and uh, make him the highest-paid offensive coordinator in uh, NFL history. I don't think he's moving unless it's for a head <laughs> coaching job, to be honest with you. I know Dallas has their eye on him. Let's, let's just hope that you know that's something that can happen down the road. Obviously, Cowboys are looking a little too good for me to call out Jason Garrett to get fired. But hey, I can still dream, right? <laughs> I don't know it. That, that I was, just think this Cleveland, this Cleveland team and where they go is one of the most interesting stories in the entire NFL. I, I think so, too. One of the most interesting stories, um, definitely prior to the NFL season, was the NFL draft. And, of course, the which was very controversial in the moment was the New York Giants drafting Daniel Jones out of Duke. I, myself, thought it was a boneheaded decision. I thought, like, Haskins' dream was... To play in New York. He, he was a diehard Giants fan. He grew up in New Jersey. Said, oh, I can't wait to get picked by the Giants. Like, he wanted it that bad. They go a different direction. They take Daniel Jones. Just, just listen to the numbers. 23 for 36. 336 yards. Two passing touchdowns. Two rushing touchdowns. In a wild 18-point road comeback against a Bucks like defense that had been pretty good at the start of the season. What can you take away from Jones' performance? I mean, this just shows you how quickly a star can be born in the NFL. This guy is a sensation right now. Obviously, he's not going to keep up those spectacular numbers for an entire NFL season. But basically, he took a New York Giants team without Saquon Barkley. I mean, that is a huge factor to consider. He went out with that high ankle sprain. They don't have Golden Tate yet. I mean, Eli Manning, people were making excuses. He has no talent. He has nobody to throw to. Daniel Jones made it happen. And even though, you know, it's a division rival for the Cowboys, I'm still happy for this franchise, yeah. and I'm happy for their fans because finally they have somebody that they can really get behind, move on from Odell. He was sensational. There's, there's no other way to put it. And I was with you. I was a little surprised about this draft pick, too. Yeah. Obviously, they caught a lot of flack, and people were ridiculing this team after they took Jones at six. Who's laughing now? And I think the main person laughing has to be Daniel Jones, right? Like, he got torn apart, and for no reason. He wasn't the one who made the draft selection, and he looked really good, even without Saquon. Hopefully, Saquon's return is... Uh, it's a little bit quicker than we hope. It's, it's really four to eight weeks. There's not really a clear cut when he'll be back. Either way, we know the Giants aren't making the playoffs, but that was a, definitely a fun performance there. And Crosby, now we're going to have a fun little segment here. So, obviously, there's really talented quarterbacks who get drafted in the first round every single draft. I know who number one is. I, I have an idea who number two is, but... 2017, 2018, and 2019 first-round selections. You got Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson, Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Jackson, Murray, Jones, Haskins. Lots of names being thrown at you. 
can you give me a top five? Like, not only right now, but what you think they're going to be. I think number one, obviously, yeah. is easy with Mahomes. For me, even though he's pretty injury-prone and he hasn't looked as great as I hope so far this season, I think Deshaun Watson deserves to be number two on that list. And that's where it starts to get a little difficult for me. You know, one game of Daniel Jones tape, I'm not ready to anoint this guy the next superstar. But I think he maybe, you know, jumped up into the top yeah. five on this list. In some order, I think I like Mayfield, Darnold, and Daniel Jones. That's, I can't agree with you on Darnold. I just don't see it, man. I do not. Obviously, he doesn't have the weapons there. I know you really like Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anumwa, but that's my only difference here. I have Mahomes one. I, like, I, we, we talked, I've never seen a better quarterback than him. Can I guess, did you have Kyler Murray instead? I actually didn't. I so I went Mahomes, Watson. I even though Mayfield, like there's been some issues this season. I still think he's got uh, one of the best arm talents of these quarterbacks, and he's just got that swagger to him. Uh, Lamar Jackson at four. Just he's had an incredible year. I put Jones at five, which is kind of crazy. I loved Josh Rosen in that draft. I, I thought Arizona. Wow, this is going to be solid for him. Larry Fitz gets to learn. He just got per. Like putting the two worst situations of all time. Like it is, it is really, really bad. Allen, the completion percentage and turnovers is still an issue to me. I don't see it with Darnold. Kyler Murray, there's flashes. There's definitely some flashes there. Haskins, I, I think he's going to be pretty good. If you're in Washington, that's tough. That's really tough. And also, how many Urban Meyer quarterbacks have been successful in the NFL? And you know what? I got to backtrack right away. Lamar Jackson makes my top five. I don't know how I left him out. You're 100% right. And not only does he make it, I think at this point, if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick him or Baker, boy, that would be a tougher decision than it would have been at the start of the season. Jackson is electric. He definitely is third or fourth at worst. You know, I do like Sam Darnold, though. I think... Something about him and the way that he he sees the field, I, I don't know. I think he's not afraid to hang in the pocket. I think he he will be a good quarterback. You know, I, I don't know. It, obviously, I need to see b- more for both him and Daniel Jones. I agree. The two New York quarterbacks, and of course, you know, Jones, that terrific, very surprising performance. Team-wise, who's been the most surprising team so far? I don't know. There's a lot of surprises. I'm going to have to go with the Detroit Lions. Nice. Like, did you see – did anybody have the Detroit Lions at 3-0? and Like, that is insane. I mean, honestly, I thought Matt Patricia might get fired this season. He was so bad last year. Yeah. I can't believe what's happening in Detroit right now. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. Like, I think I saw – the Bills schedule was pretty easy. And I, I really like the defense, and Devin Singletary should be getting the ball every single time. Frank Gore, I, he got the game-winning touchdown. I don't care. Retire already. But i, I got to agree. Detroit is – whatever they're cooking up there is good. Kerryon Johnson, I'll, I'll get to him in a little bit as well. He looks good. Stafford's playing you know, really well. Kenny Galladay, we know his performance and you know, what he can do. A really shocking, uh, shockingly young talent in, uh, at the receiver position. I, their defense has been flying, especially against the Eagles. That's who I would say, too. I think San Fran, a, a weak schedule as well, 
and they didn't look too great against Pittsburgh. Did you, did you watch any of those turnovers? Unfortunately, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> it, it was it was ugly. Um, you know, I I'm not sure the success is going to last for either of those teams. To be honest, I don't think San Francisco or Detroit is a playoff team for me at the end of the year. I know they're both three and zero. We'll see how this season pans out, but. Man, I, I got to give props to Detroit and, and specifically their ability to target and draft good wide receivers. It's kind of similar to Pittsburgh for me yeah. and really Green Bay as well. Some teams just excel at picking these guys out no matter where they are in the draft. And it's next man up. The next guy comes in and they're good. With those two teams, Detroit and San Francisco, I think Detroit's going to go as far as Matt Stafford takes them for San Fran. It's got to be the coach. Shanahan's unbelievable, and I don't think people realize Garoppolo is as good as they say. I, I think he's a mediocre quarterback at best. He has some flashes where he'll make some tight knit throws, and you go, wow, wow, this kid's really solid, but it's a lot of Shanahan, too. That dude is unbelievable. I was scared in the preseason, honestly, for San Francisco. Um, yeah. Man, I... I don't know. I, I hope that they can make it back, and I think that injury is maybe having a little bit more of a lingering effect than they'd like to admit there. But, yeah, like you said, Matthew Stafford, honestly, I kind of thought he was on his way out, too. He didn't look all that great last year. Never been that good at protecting the football, but so far, for whatever reason, both these teams have looked really good. Obviously, those teams have been winning quite a bit, obviously undefeated. But who's your winner out of Week 3? Man, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, I know you wanted to pick them, and I got to say, before you get oh. into it, I had, I had said this was the stupidest line of the entire weekend, and I put half of the money that I had on Atlanta to win that game, so I just got to come out and give props to them off the bat. I had zero faith in Jacoby Brissett. That was absolutely an incredible performance. I don't know, but... The winner for me this week, hands down, is the New York Giants. I mean, what before when they had Manning in, they were a bottom three team in the league easily. I think they could finish outside of the bottom ten if Jones continues progressing throughout the season. Though that defense has to get better. They should have lost that game. That like The fact that Mike Evans, who's having a career day, he was unbelievable. You single cover him with Janoris Jenkins who's been getting posted on every play. And they go down the field on, you know, a few plays. whoop you do Let's kick a chip shot field goal. And, of course, just of course, it's of course a Tampa Bay's kicker. And he misses it. But either way, that was a fun finish. I think everyone, it's kind of tough to say, other than Bucks fans, I think everyone wanted to see Tampa Bay. No, absolutely. And, hey, shout out to Mike Evans for the hat trick there. That, that was incredible. I couldn't believe that the Giants came back in that game. Man, poor Tampa Bay fans. But, uh, yeah, obviously New York a good winner. I, like Crosby mentioned, the Colts. That was Jacoby Brissett at one point. I think he was 17 for 18 or something stupid. He had over 300 yards, two touchdowns against Atlanta, who was my pick to make it to the NFC title game. And Matt Ryan was my MVP choice. And that offense played really well for Atlanta, too. Ryan was terrific. Uh, Devontae Freeman's best game yet. Julio does what Julio does. The Colts, though, is different. Marlon Max running the ball really well. And Brissett hit nine different targets. That's nuts. For, for a young quarterback, you usually think they stick to their, you know, their stars. So T.Y. maybe hits Ebron and maybe hits you know, Marlon Mack or Naheem Hines a couple times. 
like he's whipping it all over the field, and they look really good. Yeah, he earned my respect on Sunday. That was that was really a great game. And like I said, I couldn't even believe they were favored in that game. I had written them off completely at the start of this yeah. season. I know that a team is not just its quarterback, and obviously they were projected to be one of the better teams in the league at the start of the season. Brissett has impressed me big time, and if this running back duo of Mack and Hines can can keep this up throughout the season, they might surprise some people come playoff time. Their record is, uh, well, obviously 2-1 and one record, but I mean their schedule, I think they can win 9 of the next 13 games. Like they're, It's pretty easy. They face a lot of bad teams, honestly, being in the AFC South. Every game with Tennessee seems to be a toss-up, but I think they can get easily past Jacksonville. Like, Houston, I think they can get past. Like, you never know. This team is really, really talented. I think they might get the wild card, because, if you know, Baltimore wins North, Cleveland, we don't know what their situation is going to be, and Buffalo is undefeated right now. Yeah, you got that right. I'm rooting for them personally. I think... Yeah. Man, it's not easy to move on from Andrew Luck, but when you get a team that overperforms their expectations like this, it's exciting. I want to get back quickly, though, to Atlanta and something you said that, you know, you had them as, as a Super Bowl pick before the season. Obviously, their offense picked it up as the game went on. What is it about Atlanta? Did, did some of their soul just die in that Super Bowl loss to New England, or do we just fall in love with how fast this defense is, and they're not ever going to be as good as we expect. I don't know. To, to me, it just seemed uh, like I think Matt Ryan uh, got rid of, um, who was the offensive coordinator? Sarkeesian. And Sarkeesian was terrible and, you know, hurt him a lot. I think Julio fully healthy, and I think the weapons they had with Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, Austin Hooper's on a bad guy, uh, Devontae Freeman back and healthy and playing, and they, you know, they went offensive line in the first round. And, of course, Deion Jones and Keanu Neal coming back, I thought that was pretty solid. And, obviously, Keanu Neal, torn Achilles, that's brutal. That, that hurts a lot. To me, they looked like, hey, I think this is an MVP year for Matt Ryan. The betting odds were absolutely nuts. Like, you could make a ton of money if you bet on Ryan. It's just a lot of turnovers right now, which is odd to see. And this defense, you know, can't stop any receivers, which, is, which has sort of been their, mostly their downfall. Is there, that secondary is not too good. You know, it's pretty amazing how much effect a Super Bowl loss yeah. can have on a team and a player or a coach. I mean, if you think about Seattle losing to New England, refusing to run the ball on that uh, goal line opportunity, I mean, pretty much their whole team got broken up. Now it's the Russell Wilson, Wilson show, right? Yeah. And then, like I said, back to this, you know, disaster meltdown in Atlanta – I don't know if Dan Quinn is just afraid to lose now or there's something different about the way he's coaching this team or maybe our perception is just off and we think they're going to improve, but that was their peak. I don't know. You know, Cam Newton in Carolina, he was the MVP. He almost had an undefeated season. He got absolutely terrorized against Denver in the Super Bowl. He hasn't looked 50% of the quarterback he was that year. It's incredible. You mentioned Seattle, and that you know they, it's kind of been a disaster after that Super Bowl collapse. Obviously, Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in football, but Crosby, that's my loser. Seattle at home against New Orleans with Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater is a really solid backup quarterback. But you're expected to win that game, and you never ever lose at home. And I believe it was Pete Carroll since he was hired, 
was undefeated at home in September. That's an unbelievable stat. But the fact that you go in and get pumped in your own house and you can't contain Alvin Kamara for a second, that was bad. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, what else were they expecting the Saints to do, right? I mean, you mentioned Kamara. He was basically their entire offense that game, and they really played to Bridgewater's strengths, which is getting completions close by, not going downfield too often. He did have a couple nice deeper throws, but really it was a lot of dump-offs and handoffs to Kamara. And, you know, I'm totally confused by Seattle. I mean, they do have some notoriously slow starts there, and they tend to pick it up as the season goes along, kind of similar to what New England does. But losing at home to a backup quarterback, no matter how good that backup quarterback is, you're right, that's an inexcusable loss. I can't believe it. And I think the thing that makes it worse is San Francisco undefeated, L.A. undefeated, two teams in your division who are already on top of you and already look pretty decent. That's going to be tough for them to get back in this situation, especially if that NFC West is loaded for those two teams and the NFC North. We'll you know talk about that in a little bit too. That's a loaded division right now. Who's your loser? My loser is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. And... Man, what an absolutely heartbreaking loss that was yeah. for them. Not only that, they were Super Bowl picks from so many sources this offseason, and at least to represent you know, the NFC, they don't look anywhere near good enough to be that team. And frankly, if Daniel Jones is 75% of the quarterback that he showed this week, they might be the third best team in this division by the end Whoa. of the year, and that's crazy. That is crazy. What are you talking about? I honestly think New York has a chance, if Barkley comes back in four weeks, to pass or catch up to Philadelphia. Really, I do. Who's the better quarterback? I mean, over the course of his career, Carson Wentz. But this season, Wentz has not been good at all. You don't think it's the receiver's problems? How many drops did you see? I mean, obviously, there were a lot of terrible drops in that yeah. game. You know, I'm not going to deny that, definitely. But look, Carson Wentz is the face of this franchise. You shipped off Nick Foles. That was your insurance policy. And Wentz is being paid like a top-tier quarterback. At a certain point, kind of like Russell Wilson, I don't care how well you play. If you're not getting wins for your team in a game that, frankly, you should win that game then your quarterback is not doing everything he needs to do, plain and simple. Well, that's a perfect lead-in to our Thursday night football game, Crosby. Eagles-Packers, I'm taking Eagles at, you know, five and a half. I don't, I think that's a terrible bet. The Packers oh my God. has been incredible so far this season. I don't know if it's going to last, and obviously their offense is far from clicking with Matt LaFleur right now, but I think the Packers should win that game and maybe win it running away. Wow, you're blowing me away here. What do you think the Eagles' issues are? Because who is a, more, a better offensive line than that Eagles' offensive line, other than Dallas? You know, I, obviously they do have a good offensive line. You mentioned the receivers. I'm going to talk about their running backs. What the hell is going on uh, with that backfield? First of all, I don't even know why they brought in Jordan Howard. And no disrespect to him, hmm. he's still a decent runner. I think he's pretty good in the red zone. He is not a great pass catcher. I think Tariq Cohen was always the better back, uh, you know, for pass catching. I don't really love that the rookie that they have there either. Didn't he have a really bad fumble again 
uh, on Sunday. He did two fumbles. I don't even know what this team's identity is right now. What is it? Because an offensive line is not your identity. I think their front seven is really talented. Obviously, Fletcher Cox is one of the best interior linemen in football. And I think Derek Barnett's having a sneaky good year. And obviously, he was the one who forced the fumble on um, – on Tom Brady in that Super Bowl there. it's Malcolm Jenkins is a stud in the secondary. It's these corners who can't figure anything out. I, I don't think the blame should be on Carson Wentz. I think it, a little bit on the receivers. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson not healthy, and Alshon Jeffrey not healthy, and Nelson Aguilar getting back to his catch-dropping issues, which was a really tough thing in his rookie year. I agree with you. The running back situation, figure it out. Miles Sanders was a, like supposed to be a rookie of the year pick, I didn't agree with it. I thought still it's David Montgomery or Kyler. They they need to get it sorted. Like, okay, but, but hang on. Listen to this schedule. We just talked about the Packers. Obviously, the Jets is going to be a win for the Eagles. They've got the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Bills, the Bears, the Patriots, Seahawks, Giants twice, Redskins, and Dolphins. Like, if the Giants can somehow win both those head-to-head games or even split, I think they have a chance. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. I was going to get to that, too. That schedule's really tough for Philly. And if, it's interesting they don't really have an identity. I, I think Carson Wentz is a really talented player if he stays healthy. It's the secondary, which was an issue last year. It's an issue this year. If you're Howie Roseman, get the hell on the phone with Jacksonville and say, we don't care. Two first-rounders. We'll, we'll talk to you at six if that, if, you know, that makes you change your mind. Give us Jalen Ramsey. And I, I think Ramsey would be fine with doing that. I believe Ramsey was following, you know, the Eagles and Alshon Jeffrey and um, Ronald Darby and stuff on Instagram, which obviously is just rumors. But I, I think he'd be fine playing in a, you know, the city of brotherly love. And I think that would be the difference. Like, let's go back to Green Bay, too. Sure, their defenses look good. Who is this team faced? Minnesota should have won that damn game. And I've said it a hundred times that down 21 nothing. They storm all the way back, and Kirk obviously makes the worst throw I've ever seen in my life. But Minnesota looks better than Green Bay right now. I'd say Chicago, if they play like they played you know, just this past Monday, they're better. Detroit looks damn good. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be this once-in-a-generation quarterback. I believe he's one of the best quarterbacks ever, like just talent-wise. This year, is it the Matt LaFleur effect? 23, 23rd in yards, 17th in touchdowns, 13th in quarterback rating, 25th in completion percentage. That's, like, unheard of. You know, I do think they look better this week, and I know the Broncos' defense, I don't know what's going on there. Is that true they have no sacks this season? I, I, I think they, they got one uh, recently, but they, 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 it was really bad the first two weeks. I mean, I don't know what's going on. This hasn't been your typical Denver defense, but I thought – they took a step forward this week. I thought Valdez Stantling really stepped up. I think he can be a good weapon for them. And I expect Aaron Rodgers to, you know, be able to put all of this together. Obviously, I think it was week one we talked about some of the terminology he was having trouble with, a little bit complication in the play play calls. If this defense is anything close to what we've seen so far this season, I think Green Bay is a seriously scary team. <laughs> It's tough for me to say that, obviously, being a Vikings fan, like, if Aaron Rodgers turns it on to another level, maybe, because his defense does look good. They haven't really faced many great quarterbacks, right? Dalvin Cook ran all over them, and, like, it it was bad. But it's just, I think the Eagles, five and a half is pretty big. Five and a half is pretty big. I I think the Eagles cover, 
Is it in Lambo? I think it's at Lambo, isn't it? Yes, it is. Obviously, that's a tough place to play. Um, I'm just checking on that Broncos stat. They have zero sacks. You're right. That's a, that's awful. That's disgusting. How how is that even possible? This was one of the best, most consistent defenses for really the last five years. How how do they have no sacks? And how does it make sense to have Vic Fangio go over there, who was a like the mastermind, the godfather of Chicago in that defense, and they they have nothing with Bradley Chubb and Bob Miller. It, and and who's sorry? Who's the guy who went to Tampa Bay? Who was a backup there, and he has eight sacks through three games. Uh, Barrett. Um, yeah, that like that's incredible. This guy has eight sacks, and he was a backup in Denver, and they have no team sacks. That is a sorry team right now. It, yeah. So either way, uh, they are a sorry team. They look bad. They look really ugly. And obviously, you know, Joe Flacco is not the answer there. He's not an elite quarterback. I just don't – you're saying they're, they're legit contenders of the NFC in, in Green Bay. I really do think so. And, you know, hold your nose for this offense, obviously, for the last yeah. few weeks. It has been pretty ugly. But Aaron Jones finally had a little bit of success this week. I did think, you know, I think they're going to get it together. And I think Aaron Rodgers is still one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. And when you have that talent, if this defense is anything like we've seen, they're going to figure it out. I mean, we're talking about them figuring it out, and they're 3-0, and right? So, you know, they're only going to get better on offense, I think, going forward. What I will say is uh, about that defense, obviously they made some really nice moves getting Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. Jair Alexander is the best player on that defense. He has been unbelievable. Emmanuel Sanders got locked up. And he, he's a really great you know, talent as well. But Alexander looks like an absolute stud for Green Bay. Crosby, let's move on to the best part of the show, of course, fantasy and our uh, studs, duds, and sleepers. So let's get us started. The studs last week. You had Amari Cooper. Yeah, good day, man. 88 yards, two touchdowns, 24 fantasy points. Jeff had Dak. 250 total yards, three total touchdowns, 22 and a half fantasy points. I had Josh Allen, uh, not a bad day, 280 in a score, uh, but you won that. So I'll, I'll give you that with uh, 24 fantasy points for Cooper. Who's your stud this week? Well, it's not quite as much of a shoe-in as Cooper was, yeah, obviously, against Miami. And they didn't even blow them away like I was expecting, which was a little bit surprising. I've got a couple studs this week. And it's Daniel Jones, 19% owned, and Wayne Gallman Jr., 9%. Oh boy. Now, hang on a second. Hear me out. Gallman is a little bit of a cheat pick here because he's going to be the most picked up waiver pick in all, all uh, fantasy leagues, obviously, with Saquon Barkley going down. And he didn't look that great last year. But I think with Daniel Jones under center and the threat of him being able to run the ball, which he showed this week, I think that should open up the field for them. You can do a heck of a lot worse than Daniel Jones as your quarterback one. For anybody out there who, like me, drafted Baker Mayfield and, you know, it has you up yeah. sick at night, maybe take a little flyer on Daniel Jones. I feel like we're fantasy. Obviously, I like to pick Gallman. Yeah, we'll see what happens. He'll get a lot more touches now. I do like Daniel Jones in a lot of... Uh, situation, especially his running ability. I didn't know he could run like that, and uh, he looked pretty damn good. Uh, fantasy quarterbacks is always really tough. When do you draft them? I saw someone take Mahomes in the first round this year, and I was kind of baffled, but they're doing pretty well because he's just 
keeps putting up numbers. I usually go fifth to sixth round. I swear to you, I got Tom Brady in the last round this year. I, I don't know how someone – and I, I picked Goff before him. I just thought, oh, Goff's going to put up some numbers, right? He pretty good offense in McVay. And I got to the last round. I go, how has he not been taken? I've started Brady every week. And I, I think I'm 3-0 in that league. You know, it's terrible because this is the first year that I drafted a quarterback higher than the sixth round, and naturally I took Baker Mayfield, uh, who's been a yeah. total disappointment so far. So there you go. I'm just going back to my old strategy and, and picking guys off the bin next time. But, oh, man. I don't know. Like, who would have ever expected that Patrick Mahomes could do more than he did last season? It's incredible. I saw he is on pace this year for over 6,000 yards, 53 touchdowns. Uh, honestly, I think he could get to 6,000. I would not be surprised. No, I wouldn't either, except he'll probably sit week yeah, 17. That's the issue. Yeah. Well, maybe if it's – I think they'll let him get to the record, and uh, then they'll decide on, you know, when they'll uh, sit him. Someone who we were uh, saying that you should sit – uh, last week, you guys didn't do well. You and Jeff were pretty bad. Jeff had um, or sorry, let me just wait to say Jeff because it was that bad. Uh, David had uh, Joe Mixon. He had his best game of the year, ninety-five yards and a touchdown, sixteen and a half fantasy points. Uh, I won this round. I had D.D. Westbrook, not as a, a, a kind of star pick that you guys had. He had fifty total yards, seven and a half points. Jeff, Alvin Kamara. That's who he picked, as you're done. He said, oh, we're going to stack the box, and they're going to get stopped. He had 161 yards, two scores, 33 fantasy points in a PPR league. He went off. But uh, I'll get you started with my dud. And, uh, oh, sorry, I didn't even say my stud. Oh, what a bummer. Well, let me get back to it. Oh, I just almost ruined my own segment. My stud, I'll, I'll touch on it. It's an NFC North running back. Carry on Johnson. You probably thought I was going to say Dalvin Cook. It's Karen Johnson, season-high 21 touches against Philly. And uh, even though he wasn't extremely effective, he only had 43 total yards and a score, under 1.8 yards per carry. But the Eagles' D-line is something special. He faces Kansas City this week. That is one of the worst rushing defenses I've ever seen. They got torched for 203 yards, four scores against Baltimore, and they allowed six yards per carry. Karen, I think, can easily get 100 yards and a score or two. I think Kansas City's secondary is a little bit better this year than it has been in the past, but they can't stop anything on the run. And I, I think Kerryon Johnson getting way more touches now, he'll run all over them. Yeah, I love that pick, and I think Johnson is probably one of the most undervalued running backs in the league right now. You know, all you think about with Detroit's offense is Matthew Stafford, because all we've ever seen is him just throwing it, you know, 40 times a game every single year. And I think finally they've changed their offensive system a little bit more to focus on the run game and clock and ball control. And Johnson has been fantastic this year. I loved him out of the draft, and I, I think it kind of adds. Uh, he helps out that this NFC North is something to be reckoned with. And uh, another dud, an NFC North running back. Tough for me to say. It's Dalvin Cook this week. You know, it just... He's been terrific all year, right? I think easily he's been the best running back this season. Like, whew. He's been up there, no no up doubt. There. This must have really hurt you to to throw Cook under the bus like this. This is terrible. Uh, hey, hey, don't, come on. Like, obviously he's been, you know, leading the league in rushing. Uh, with players more than 20 carries, he leads in yards per carry, second in touchdowns. 
facing the Bears defense this week. The Bears defense is obviously legit. Cook last year had 20 carries for 51 yards in both games. He had that one game at Soldier Field. It may have been the worst game I've ever seen him play. Nine carries, 12 yards. And it's probably going to happen again this week. The Bears are going to be running after him. They know Kirk. They probably want Kirk to throw in this game. That's how bad like Kirk Cousins has been. He wasn't bad against the Raiders, actually. But that's going to be their game plan. Make Kirk make plays. So are you going to watch this game then if uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be airing it out 30 times? Well, I watch my Vikings nearly every week except for this week when uh, I had some buddies over and they took over the TV and I just had to watch my Vikings just on a small laptop muted. So that was really odd. But no, I'll, I'll be watching it. I'll be, uh, I think they're on the road. So I'm rocking the Thielen jersey this week just because I said Dalvin's going to be a dud. So why wear the jersey? Yeah, I can see exactly what's going on here. It's the reverse jinx. You're a winner either way. Like, if Cook goes off and he carves him up, you can say, yep, that's my boy, best running back in the league, just like I said. If he has a dud, you'll say, well, I told you, but, you know, still great. Okay, uh, not the best running back in the league. Best, He's been the best this year. I still think Zeke's better than him, Gurley's better than him, Kamara, all those guys, Saquon, CMC. You know what I mean. All right, Crosby, give me a dud. All right, my dud is Robert Woods, and he is 98% owned right now. He has zero touchdowns through three games. It seems like he's been completely forgotten in this offense. And it's funny, coming into the season, I actually thought he was going to improve on his numbers because Todd Gurley's touches would go down so much. That hasn't been the case at all. Cooper Cup looks fantastic, like this guy never missed any time and didn't have to have serious reconstructive surgery last year. Like, he is electric, and Brandon Cooks finally is showing why they traded that number one, or excuse me, first round draft pick for him last season. I thought he was good last year, and I think he's really coming out this season, and Robert Woods is forgotten. Right now, he, yeah. he's been terrible. I, I, I stayed away from Robert Woods in, I think, every league. I think I took, did I say Cooks? I think I took Cooks in one. Cooks, to me, seemed perfect in that New Orleans offense. And this one, just with so many weapons, it's tough to get the ball around. And that's why Cup is perfect in, in this Sean McVay offense. I love him. He's really, really talented, man. And I, I agree. I think you know Woods Woods might be a dud all year. But I, I How many touchdowns do you think he's going to get? Three, maybe? Maybe. We'll see. How many times has the Jets sweep been successful? Like, I, I hate I hate that play. The Jets sweep. I, I, sometimes it works. Sometimes it does work. Unless I'm getting the ball to Devin Hester or something, every single time, here, here he comes in motion, here he comes in motion, unless you have the, you know, your left tackle kicking out, it, it doesn't work. No, but did you see that double reverse that McVay did in the red zone this past Sunday? That was beautiful, faked it, and then went another handoff fake and ran around. He had four blockers against two defenders. That's when it starts to work really well, when the defense has absolutely no clue which side of the field you're going to. I I guess I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. The Vikings ran a weird little reverse of field, and he had a rushing touchdown. Gosh, that guy is such a story. But we'll move on to the sleepers, and this is obviously the most exciting part. David Sleeper, Debo Samuel, 44 yards, but almost six points. Almost six points, which that's not bad. Just for, you know, Sleeper, if you started him. Jeff, how about this one? Travis Benjamin, five yards, 1.2 points in PPR. And and you thought that was bad. How about myself? Jalen Samuels, 
maybe this is why Mike Tomlin and the Steelers lost because they didn't give him the ball. And James Conner, you know, obviously he was a dud. Again, Jalen Samuels didn't touch the ball. Zero points. That was that was bad. So I'll take the L there. David, uh, David up three. I think he's got three wins with his picks here. But uh, David, give me a sleeper. We're going to do a lot better this week. Six <laughs> points is not what we should be winning no. on, on sleepers. This week, I'm going going with Tony Pollard, 18% owned. He's up against the Saints team with no Drew Brees. Dallas needs to beat this team to prove they're for real yep. and that they haven't just run over three terrible teams. Pollard broke out big time against Miami, 128 yards and a touchdown. I think the Cowboys are going to try to keep Zeke as fresh as they possibly can this season, and he's going to get nowhere near the insane number of touches he had the last two years. I think Pollard is more than a great handcuff. I think he's a flex option on a lot of teams. Yeah, you're right. He had a pretty good I, I didn't even know he had that kind of game. 13 carries over 100. Woo! But again, that's against Miami. I, 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 New Orleans is a little bit better of a defense, but I, I think that's the right thing to do. If, if you think you're going to the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys have the defense to do it, and you know Dak looks really talented. Don't wear Zeke out. Look at you know Todd Gurley right now, right? He's almost splitting carries. That's just that situation he's been put in. My sleeper, uh, I think it was only owned in six percent of the leagues. It was actually Adam Humphreys, receiver for the Tennessee Titans. He had nine targets, six receptions, ninety-five yards in that ugly Thursday loss. By the way, that was one of the worst football games I've ever watched. But uh, against Jacksonville, obviously. I think he's going to, you know, have another good day. It's against Atlanta. We just talked about how their secondary isn't that great. Keanu O'Neill is out for the year, so you're going to have a backup safety in there. I think at least 50 yards, maybe even a score. He, he's not the main target, even though no one knows who the main target in this offense is. That's just that, – that, I want to go on a rant, too. Tennessee sucks. Their offense sucks. Oh, they're, they're absolutely horrible. I was one of the unfortunate people that took a flyer on Corey Davis late this year. I, I was going to call him a bum, but that might be too polite. This guy has been so, so bad, it's almost embarrassing. And, of course, I thought, well, if Corey Davis isn't getting the touches, why not A.J. Brown, you know? He had a great week one. How about him? No, flop the next two weeks. I think you're bang on with this Humphreys pick. They have to throw it to somebody. And you know what? It's like hopefully it works out that way. Because Corey Davis, if he was on any other team, maybe he succeeds. I loved Marcus Mariota coming out of college. It's this OC, Arthur Smith. He's, he's gone after this year. It, oh, just, they're the most predictable team ever. Like, and also the most unpredictable team because games they oh should my lose, God, yeah. they win. And games they should walk over, guys, they flop. Like, I hate betting any game that Tennessee is in because they're absolute trash, but they might just be, you know, put it all together yeah. for two quarters and somehow squeak out that terrible win. Like, you remember that playoff game? Mariota threw that pass. It got tipped. He caught his own pass and ran it in like... Who else would that ever happen for? I'm done with Tennessee. They're a joke. Last year, they beat the Patriots and they beat the Eagles. So if there's one thing you take away from this show, do not bet on the Titans. Guys, that has been a solid show for Pick 6. He's David Crosby. I'm Nolan Kangas. We'll see you next week.